Hiya, Sprouts! We've got a really exciting episode this week. I am here with Sprouts producer Emily Duncan Wilson, who went on a classical Sprouts field trip to get some insider, backstage, behind-the-scenes scoop on the Metropolitan Opera's production of The Magic Flute. Let's meet some of the performers, try on some wigs, listen to some music, and get all dressed up, because we're going to the Met today on... Classical Sprouts! Welcome to Classical Sprouts, the awesome classical music podcast for kids. I'm Kate Botello, and today we've got a guest, and we're going on a trip to the Met. Hey, Emily. Hey, Sprouts. Hey, Kate. I cannot wait to tell you all about it. But first, we should probably talk about what the Met even is. Okay. Besides one of Kate's favorite buildings in the whole wide world. Okay. The Metropolitan Opera. Now, this has been around since the late 1800s. And it's located on the Upper West Side of New York City in a place called Lincoln Center. It's a beautiful building. This is the largest classical music organization in North America. They're a super big deal. Uh, They put on between like 25 to 30 different operas every year. And they put on a huge range of styles from 18th century Baroque to 21st century minimalism. They have got something for everybody. There's a huge symphony orchestra, a huge chorus, a children's choir, and many other supporting and virtuoso solo singers. They also sometimes have ballet dancers. And the Met is also known for its huge and elaborate sets and costumes, some of which we'll talk about today. Oh, I'm so excited. This is so cool. So you got to visit and see, honestly, one of the coolest looking operas, I think, out there, The Magic Flute. I did, but not only that, it was a special version It was more Sprouts friendly. It was in English and it was shortened or abridged to only feature sort of the big plot points and the most famous arias. But the coolest part was that I got to sit down with two of the three of the performers who play the child spirits. Now Sprouts, if you remember from our Papageno episode, the child spirits are really cool. They are three characters who visit Papageno and Tamino when they find themselves in a pickle a few times in their quest, and they help them figure out how to solve whatever it is they're dealing with. And in this production, the child spirits are sung by Michael Yee, Julian Knopf, and Henry Baker Schiff. I got to meet Julian and Henry backstage in the Child's Chorus rehearsal space. My name is Julian Knopf. I am singing the role of second boy. My name is Henry Baker Schiff. I am singing the role of third boy in the Magic Flute at the Metropolitan Opera 2022-2023 season. So to be 12 and 14 years old and already be a professional singer, I mean, that seems hard. How does somebody even get into that? I kind of just blindly auditioned. I was uh, about eight, nine. It's a very easy audition process. I was seven when I auditioned. I joined the beginners program here in the children's chorus, and then I went up to advanced class where I started working on different operas. Yeah, I'd I'd always known that I pretty much love to do it for as long as I can. I imagine that schoolwork is probably kind of different, too. How do they balance 
being professional performers and also students. So the Met actually has some cool things in place to make sure that they both get to do their schoolwork and get to be a professional musician. We get a tutor to come in when when a kid misses too much school, a tutor will come in and will help them and get three hours tutoring here. I don't often do the tutoring here. I usually just go home, check Google Classroom like every five minutes because you never know when new assignments are going to be assigned. Usually if I anticipate being out for a while, it means taking all of my books home, which is usually a pain. kids on this world-famous stage? I mean, do they get nervous? I, I swim not in the studio, I have, I have to say. I something like, when I'm about to go on stage, the stage manager says, stand by, which means you're about to go. That always gets me like, oh, it's, it's about to happen. But then I go on stage and it's like I was never nervous. I don't get nervous very often when I'm going on stage, but sometimes you're thinking like, okay, everything's going to be fine. And then and then, like, you're going, it's like, wait, what if this happens? What if that happens? Like, everything that can go wrong is just running through your head at once. And then before you know it, it's over. And you're like, oh. I just tried to stay calm, mostly. Yeah. Mostly breathing exercises and things like that. Yeah, that, that really helps. So when I was with the performers who played the child spirits, we also talked about what they do during the show. Because they sing in a couple scenes, but they also have a lot of downtime. And so we talked a little bit about, like, what their favorite parts of the show are and you know, what it takes to be a professional singer at the Met when you're 14. In terms of my favorite part of the show, I have to say, anytime where there's a good melody, the second piece that we perform is, is my favorite of our, of our scenes, I'd say. I quite enjoy one of the first pieces in the opera with the three ladies and how they kill the serpent that's threatening Tamino. And then they sing about how much they love him, even though they've never met him. Between the first two pieces, we come back up from stage, we'll practice the other two pieces, and then between the second and third piece, we stay down. So between like the second and third piece, sometimes we mostly just stand backstage, but we like sometimes I like to go towards the wing and kind of peek on stage, see what's happening at the moment. I find it interesting. That's always, always fun, because that big break between the two scenes when we have to stay at the stage, it's always, it's always good. It keeps us occupied. I try to eat as, as much fruit and, and drink a lot, a lot of tea. That helps with the voice. Lots and lots of water. Yeah, that's the main beverage. During the break, head on over to our Instagram at Classical Sprouts, where you'll find a ton of bonus content, including pictures and videos from the Metropolitan Opera. Puppets, dancers, musicians, and more. So awesome. Stick around, Sprouts. We'll see you after the break. You're listening to Classical Sprouts. Sprouts. 
Hi, I'm Keith Brown, and I'm the host of Gameplay. Every week on the show, I celebrate the amazing world of video game music with everything from beloved classics to brand new soundtracks. You can stream episodes at our website, gameplayshow.org. I hope you'll join me for this adventure. Before the break, we met two of the singers playing the child spirits in the Metropolitan Opera's production of Mozart's The Magic Flute, and we heard a little bit about the production itself. Now, Emily, I'm so jelly right now. You got to attend the open house at the Met. What was that like? You mentioned at the beginning that this is one of your favorite buildings in the world. So not even before you walk into the building... The outside is so beautiful. It has these huge, tall windows. There's a bubbling fountain. It's gorgeous. I was so excited and geeking out. (laughs) So then you walk in. This lobby is beautiful. There's red carpet. There's gold everywhere. There are these huge chandeliers. They are so beautiful. And on each of the levels, because the Met is so high and they have so many different balconies, on each level, there were different tables set up. So there was one that was all about costumes. There was one about wigs. There were some of the puppets in the show. There are these really famous, beautiful bear puppets that are sort of fabric and have wires and poles, and they're very fun. So I visited the scenic table where I got to see that puppet, but they also had a bunch of props from the show and other shows at the Met, and they also had a little craft station, and so kids could make their own version of some of the props, which was very cool. The line was super long, so I didn't get to make one, but I got to see them. (laughs) They also had a bunch of costumes from both the Magic Flute, but also a lot of other productions that kids could try on, and they had little labels of like which opera singer wore them and what production they were from, and they were... It was very cute to see all these kids in, like, beautiful little gowns. (laughs) Were the kids wearing, like, kid costumes from glamorous kids in operas? Or were they trying to put on the grown-up costumes or what? A little bit of both. Sometimes it was, like, kid-sized versions of the big costumes. And sometimes it was vests or pieces that even though an adult wore it originally, a kid could also wear it. I want to play dress-up at the Met so bad! Yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool. There was also a table with a bunch of wigs from the show, and kids could touch them and try on different mustaches and things. And I also got to talk with one of the people who maintained the wigs between productions. So, like, this production of the Magic Flute has happened before, and they have to keep all the costumes and wigs between each time they do the shows. And so I got to talk to her a little bit. How do you keep all the wigs so pristine year after year? Oh, a lot of hard work. Hard work? Um, yeah, you know, we to preserve wigs, we'll often block them like this whenever we're either styling them or washing them and we want the lace to rest because this front lace is so um, kind of fragile that once it's been used too much, it'll kind of fray away. And so in that case, we have to put a new front And by front, I mean, um... And Sprouts, if you head over to our Instagram, you can see a video of what she was showing us. And that's what helps to maintain the, you know, integrity of the wigs. And after they've been used too much, then they kind of, you know, go in the graveyard. (laughs) (laughs) And so then on one of the other levels, 
there were some of the musicians from the orchestra that plays at the Met for a bunch of different productions. And I went over and they were starting to play one of the main Magic Flute themes and they played it just for us. Sprouts, Sprouts, we went to the Met and they played music just for us, just for Sprouts. Oh, I just, Emily, I'm on the edge of my seat. Tell me some more of what you saw and heard. So as we were, you know, milling about being a part of this very festive holiday open house, getting to see all the backstage stuff, all of a sudden there were some feathered ballet dancers with these really tall bird-looking hats and feathers, and they just sort of flitted through the lobby and left, and it was very, very cool. I'm just getting chills. This just sounds like it was a magical experience, Emily. It really was. So, Emily, you did a lot of backstage stuff. Okay, so you met our actors, and you got to see costumes and wigs and all of that. Now, what was it like to sit in the Metropolitan Opera and watch the magic flute. What did it look like? What did it feel like? Kind of give us a picture. <laughs> it was very exciting. We were pretty close to the stage. And so we really got to see things pretty up close and hear their beautiful, beautiful voices. Now the set, as Kate said, is like pretty impressive. So the show starts with all of these serpents that are sort of fabric-y and on poles. And they almost come out into the audience because they're trying to show how scary the serpent is. And, and it automatically and like right away captures your attention. There's a huge cube on stage made out of like clear, it looked kind of like glass, but I bet it's some sort of like lucite or plastic and it's all lit from the inside. And depending on which scene, where they are, if they're in any of the different palaces or when Tamino and, and Papageno are in jail, it transforms. There are big bird puppets. There are big bear puppets. And Papageno had his little bells, the magic bells that help him throughout his journey. And it looked like a little radio. <laughs> it had a, it was a little box and it had lights that lit up. And then the magic flute, you know, the, the classic magic flute that Tamino plays was beautiful and sparkling. And it sounded really, really beautiful. Thank you for describing all of it for us so well. And again, thanks for taking pictures so all of our sprouts can be part of this. And I especially want to thank Chanel Williams and Dan Waken who made all of this possible for us to explore. Thank you, Chanel and Dan. And thanks to our spirits and everybody at the Met and you, Emily Duncan Wilson, huzzah. Sprouts, make sure to follow us and rate us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you always know when a new episode's available and so more Sprouts like you can find out about us. This episode of Classical Sprouts was produced by Emily Duncan Wilson with support from Amanda Sewell. Our digital content manager is Casey Brown. 
extra special thanks to the Metropolitan Opera, to publicist Chanel Williams, and to the Senior Director of Communications at the Met, Dan Waken. This has been a magical experience, and we thank all of them so much. All right, Sprouts, that's it. I'm Kate Botello. Biesies! Interlocking Public Radio! <laughs>